0: Welcome to the Freedom Hut. This is the Best of Buck daily podcast. The top stories of the day from the Buck Sexton Show. For more Buck, head to BuckSexton.com. And remember to subscribe to the podcast.
1: Welcome, everybody. We are in the final countdown. Oh, yes, indeed. Election Day. Just days away. Almost one week. Almost the final week of this. I've got to say. The very end here is, has been moving quickly. The opening phases of this felt like an eternity. And really, I just I just hope that we have a good outcome. But let's get into what what matters right now and, and the center of the debate over all this stuff. Now, I know last week there was a ton of time spent on Hunter Biden's laptop and also the prep for the debates. How many of you even remember much of the debates? I can tell you, I have to think pretty hard. I can pull some aspects of it. The Pennsylvania fracking vulnerability that Biden now has. There are some areas uh, for sure that I think the president scored some points. But as we know, look at the polls. Didn't really move the needle very much. And we're now in these last days where I think everyone's starting to focus in on a couple of things. And hopefully they get it. The economy and covid. That's it. In my opinion, that's what's going to determine this race. It's amazing that that immigration is barely even discussed at all. It's barely even an issue. Um, Health care ties into covid and the economy. Uh, but if you look at other major areas of decision point here, uh, if you look at other places where people are still deciding, The fact that the president hasn't started any new wars, the fact that the president has gotten these peace deals in the Middle East, that's not going to be the final the uh, the the final straw that either gets him for four more years or is the reason Joe Biden is victorious. Which I even saying it out loud, it makes me kind of sad. But I think the covid is the most important narrative in the country right now for politics and this election. And I, I don't think that I'm alone on this one, but I do believe that there needs to be a much bigger, a much bigger focus on what ha, what is reality and what is just a lie. The United States is about to go into another series of it, are, it already has some lockdowns in places, but it's, it's going to go into another round of restrictions, lockdowns, whatever you want to call it, to try to stop a virus that plainly these restrictions cannot stop. It did not work the first time around. It just ripped through areas until the virus was done. That's what happened in New York and New Jersey. That's what happened in the South. It's happened in a lot of places across the country. But we forget all those lessons or we're forced to forget all of those lessons. And uh, I think a part of that is just the media recognizes that by making us all depressed and terrified and frightened, uh, we're likelier to vote for change it's more uh it's a greater possibility that donald trump will not get four more years if the american people feel like the country is in really bad shape and terrible things are happening because of covid i mean this is all pretty obvious you get this but you're starting to see just how far the left mm-hmm. is willing to push us and also there there's a an increasingly obvious I would say joy, maybe certainly desire to continue these restrictions uh, in Democrat states. They like all this control. They like this forced collective action. This is exactly what you're seeing now around covid is exactly what the Democrats want for the war on climate change, for the war on fossil fuels, for the war on gun violence Right, all these things. They want collective action. that is inescapable, that is forced by the state on you, even if you don't want it, and that is able to dictate even the smallest, most minute aspects of your life. This is really a dream come true. The power that they have in these lockdowns is a dream come true for Democrats. They haven't had anything like this in a very long time. During the global war on terror, which was the last period when the country felt like it was... frightened and perhaps more willing to to give up its civil liberties than it should have during that period of time. Democrats were I won't I mean, I could take a shot here and say they're on the side of the terrorists, but that's not really fair. Yeah, but Democrats were always opposing the more severe measures to uh, fight the jihadists and Al Qaeda and all of that. They they were the dissenting voice, not because I think they have a problem with that. As we know, when Barack Obama was the president, he was the uh the guy using the drones more than anybody else and just deciding who would live and who would die on the battlefield as an executive order. Uh, but the Democrats now are in the position where they have put themselves as the arbiters of everything you can and can't do in day-to-day life. And they really like this. They enjoy this. And that and that your your virtue, your worth as a human being now is measured socially and by those around you By your willingness to obey these dictates. This is a massive change. This is a big problem. This is not something that is just going to fade out on its own. We're going to have to fight against this. And if you want to know how absurd, how insane it's going to get. California, why is it the most Democrat, most blue place, most blue state in the country has the craziest covid restrictions? Oh, not a surprise at all, right? We all recognize that. That's what we would have we would have expected. Um, But the new Thanksgiving rules, I know we're about to go into uh, Halloween here, but Thanksgiving will be soon thereafter. The new Thanksgiving rules that have been explained uh, by Gavin, Gavin Newsom out in California should show you a glimpse into our future if we get a Biden administration and you will add the insanity at the state level around covid. To insanity at the federal level. They're they're telling you very openly that these are the plans that they have. Right. I mean, here's Dr. Fauci himself saying we want a federal national mask mandate. Play five.
2: Well, you know, one of the issues that people that talk about mandating not be a good idea because then they'll say they have to enforce it and there's going to be a difficulty enforcing it. But if everyone agrees that this is something that's important and they mandate it and everybody pulls together and say, you know, we're going to mandate it, but let's just do it. I think that would be a great idea to have everybody do it uniformly. One of the issues, though, you I I get the argument, say, well, if you mandate a mask, then you're going to have to enforce it. And that'll create more of a problem. Well, if people are not wearing masks, then maybe we should be mandating it.
1: Do you hear that little little hint of authoritarian glee in his voice there? Dr. Fauci, this guy has been a public health bureaucrat for decades. Pretty much self paced, self assessed work, you know. Just show up. Can't really get fired. Just do your thing. Just be around forever. I mean, this guy's almost 80, right? And he's been in the job for decades. And now he's like, yeah, I think we should mandate. Does he know what a mandate means? It means that police officers are going to walk up to people. What outside? No. Oh, oh, yes. Outside. We're not sure. Probably going to be outside when inside doesn't work, meaning it doesn't stop the virus because it won't. Then what will they do? Oh, well, you're not wearing masks enough. You got to do it outside, too. You're going to have police tell people put on a mask or what? Or we're going to physically remove you. We're going to arrest you. We're going to lay hands on you. They realize that they're going to be telling 99% of the people that that they tell the to wear a mask are healthy, pose no risk to anyone. See, this this is the is the inversion of judgment and logic and decency that has occurred in this country. Now, it used to be health policy was about Yes, assisting, but also separating the sick from the healthy when possible. What we've done is separated everybody now. This is just nuclear option. And this was considered madness in the public health community until this year. This wasn't some new idea. They studied pandemics. They studied the chance of the massive exponential spread of an aerosolized virus like COVID-19. They said, "We, we can't do these lockdowns. Now they can't get enough lockdowns. And here's Dr. Fauci, who this guy's been elected to nothing. I mean, I, if Trump wins, you know what he should do? He should fire Fauci the next day out, gone. Bring me somebody who understands the balance between liberty and public health and order. Bring me somebody that understands that there are costs here. Just over the weekend, I saw an edit uh, a piece in Canada in, in Ontario in the Ontario Star talking about how doctors there are sounding the alarm for all of these cancers that are showing up now that are late stage that should have been caught earlier, but people weren't going in for cancer screenings. Now people are going to die. Yeah, that's right. Now you could say, oh, Buck, we needed to do that to save lives from covid. Not clear at all that the lockdowns actually save any lives. Remember the initial premise? It was. Uh, 15 days to flatten the curve, that just meant spread out instead of getting, let's say, giving this easy numbers, instead of having 100 cases in 10 days and not being able to get people the health care they need, you have 100 cases over 20 days or 30 days. Right. That's what flatten the curve is. We have transitioned as a society because of the media's anti Trump insanity and because Democrats and the left are a bunch of busybodies who want to tell everybody what to do all the time and believe in the the mob mind ruling over society, that you don't have individual rights, that your freedom is all just at the whim of the state and they want to control the state. But we've now switched to a to a world in which we're supposed to just kill this virus off entirely by doing everything they say. This is madness. But how bad is it? How bad is it? Well, here's an example. Um, Other than Fauci saying mandate, which means. People should get arrested now for not healthy people. Let's let's really explicitly get into this healthy people in this country should be under federal mandate and be threatened with loss of property and imprisonment for not putting a paper or or cloth mask over their mouth, even with the very real outstanding questions about how effective is this really? Could you mandate everybody have to wear goggles? Why not? Why not? just on the on the say so of the state do they know they don't know how how easily it gets transmitted to your eyes they know that the eyes are a, a an area of transmission for uh, for viruses in general but they don't know you're also seeing a lot of people that i that i know who have who are sound thinkers on this issue understand there are great doctors there are crap doctors there are things that doctors know about health and can really help you with and there are things that are you know, way beyond their ability, any any of you go into a doctor and say, you know, I have back pain or I have IBS and see what they say to you. Uh, They don't have some fix in mind, right? They have ideas and modalities and they might be able to help some again. Good doctors. Yes. But a lot of doctors will be like, yeah, I don't know, you know, take a pill or see what happens or, you know, cut these 20 things out of your diet. There's all kinds of things they don't really understand. And when you've been exposed to that enough, you realize that. You've got to take control of your own health. You've got to take control of your own risk. How insane, though, have the libs, how brainwashed have the libs gotten during this COVID period? What do you think your Thanksgiving should look like this year? Well, let me stop for a moment and tell you about what the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, and I'm sure soon you're going to hear this from other governors as well, like Cuomo in New York. What does the Democrat governor of California think your Thanksgiving should look
0: like? Thanks for listening to the Best of Buck Daily Podcast. Get more from Buck by following him on social media at Buck Sexton on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And don't forget to visit BuckSexton.com. Thanksgiving
1: is one of the best holidays. A lot of food, family, friends, gathering together. It's a good holiday. I like Thanksgiving a lot. Top three for sure. Okay, maybe top four. But not in California if you're going to listen to the people that Are now using the power of the state to make healthy people obey because of the fears of people who read too much New York Times, watch too much CNN and can't just go about their lives as adults who understand there are risks and they should take their own, make their own decisions, their own mitigation measures. You see, by holding us all in this forced state of panic. The people that are unwilling to make sound decisions about their own health force all of the rest of us to be in a position where we have to act like we agree with them and their way is the only way. That's bad news. And here's a great example of it. Uh, There are new California Department of Public Health guidelines. Just wait and they'll start fining people and they'll, they'll demand you do this. Guidelines for covid-19. And, you know, for example, they're telling people that for Thanksgiving, no more than three households allowed to gather and you masks must stay on. uh, After eating and drinking and preferably done in between bites. Yeah, that's right. Singing or shouting strongly discouraged. Keep a social distance. Maintain high uh, hand hygiene Limit the gathering to uh, two hours or less. I mean, I really want to tell all of these lockdown libs. I I want to use only four letter words in my feelings about how one, how how of it they are, how nonsensical all of this is. Uh, and, And I'm not saying that there's not a risk of COVID. Yeah. If someone in your family gets COVID, there is there is definitely a risk. But there's a lot of risks from a lot of things. And. Putting these restrictions in place from the government doesn't really help anybody. And it makes things in many ways a lot worse. The number of people who are scared beyond rational, uh, beyond rational bounds here is enormous in this country because the media has made everybody terrified because this is their only chance. Don't you see? This is how they have Joe Biden beating Donald Trump. This is The only way Joe Biden's a loser. Joe Biden's not impressive, not very bright, not very good at anything. He's just kind of a pathetic Democrat machine uh, politician who is just hoping that he gets just like he got real lucky by being picked by Obama to be VP. He's hoping to get real lucky right now and be president of the United States. The only reason is because of COVID. Without COVID, Donald Trump sails to reelection. We all know it. So digging in on this issue and letting everybody understand what's really at stake here is absolutely essential. I know there are going to be other shows, and we'll do a. I'll do a little bit of an update on the Hunter Biden stuff today. Fine, but this matters more. I'm telling you, and people get mad at me when I say this. The Hunter Biden emails are not going to cost Biden the election. If I'm wrong, you know I'll eat crow. But the Hunter Biden emails are not going to do it. Who do the American people think will bring us out of this COVID nightmare faster and better? That's all that matters. For the election, that's it. And of course, that means the economy and it means our freedoms and it means a lot of things. But that is the choice that people are faced with right now. And I think that we've lost a little bit of time in in making the case. Here's a here's an essential point. Biden's plan for dealing with covid is rooted in magical thinking. That's completely illogical. That 200000 deaths are, are on Donald Trump's shoulders. What about what's going on in France and Italy and Germany and the rest of the world where they've in many cases had more per capita deaths than we've had? Is Trump responsible for all of those, too? There was never a plan to stop this virus. It's not possible to stop this virus. And yet that's what Biden is offering to people. This is this is completely false hope. Right. The real way is to stop terrifying everybody, let people start to go back to normal life or at lower risk and build up herd immunity over time and get some vaccines out there and just go back to living that's the choice Do you want biden dictating what you can do whether you can leave your house or do you want to have your life back that's what this election's about
0: you're in the freedom hut this is the best of buck daily podcast the top stories of the day from the buck sexton show Okay,
1: team, what is the latest with these Hunter Biden emails, the investigation into Biden family corruption? And also what's going on in the absolutely pivotal state of Ohio just days before this election? We got Congressman Jim Jordan with us now to answer these questions. Congressman, thanks for thanks for being with us.
3: Good to be with you, Buck.
1: So the Hunter Biden emails, a lot of attention on the right for this last week. Came up in the debates, nothing really all that memorable in the exchange from at least what the what the polls afterwards showed. What can you about? Should we expect more? And is this going to matter?
3: Well, it should matter. uh, But, you know, the mainstream press won't won't report it. And even those handful who will uh, Twitter and Facebook censor it. But I mean, the the facts are not in question. I mean, (laughs) We have the drop slip. Hunter Biden signed the drop slip when he dropped the laptop off at the store in Delaware. We have the, the director of national intelligence and the FBI uh, both saying this is not Russian disinformation. We have an eyewitness who says the laptop is real. The emails are real and that the one email which references the big guy is, in fact, a reference to the vice president. And, oh, that same, that same eyewitness has actually met with Vice President Biden. So the facts are not in question whatsoever. But, again, the mainstream press won't report it. I think the American people are are, are figuring this out, and um, it is going to have an impact on the election. It's going to help President Trump win.
1: How would it be possible for because the Joe Biden connection to Hunter Biden's activities that seems to be the place where there would be real political vulnerability, right? That's that's straight up corruption, and I also yeah. wonder how that could be legal. Um, it feels like we're not going to find out before the election if there is some connection there because of the the you know financial investigation that would have to go on and who's even going to do that but could we find out i mean you know your committee could you guys actually get that information
3: well, it'd be tough cuz you know jerry nadler is not going to not going to want to do what what republicans going to want to do on our committee but um, frankly it sort of raises the question why didn't why wasn't this looked into earlier i mean chris rays had this laptop for a while why just now interview the business partner mr Bobolinsky. why just now start to look into it uh, uh you know why didn't chris ray look into this earlier but frankly it's sort of a pattern with the head of the fbi because remember it took it took rick Rennell to release the transcripts of these people who told us that there was nothing there no russian collusion on that issue so um that to me is a is a, is a big question that i think needs answered as well it'd be nice if um nice if the senate Maybe Mr. Grassley or Mr. Johnson would ask Christopher Ray that question in front of a committee at some point here soon. We're
1: talking to Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio, uh, Congressman, the you know the FBI director. There's at least some reporting saying that the president may choose to uh, very soon after, assuming he's reelected, yeah. uh, ask for a resignation. W- would you support? I mean, let's just call it what it is. Would you support the firing of FBI Director Christopher Ray?
3: Well, that's, that's totally up to, I, I, if that's what the president wants to do, of course I'd support it, but uh, that's the president's call. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what he decides. Uh, I think the president is going to get reelected. I think there's a chance this thing could break in a big way for the president. If that happens, I think you're going to see us keep the Senate and, and regain the house. Uh, you know, all the energy is on our side. I, I said to, I said earlier today, when's the last time you saw a Biden vote parade or any Biden parade out there? So um, I think the energy is on our side. Uh, but if, what what the president decides to do with this cabinet is, is totally the, uh, the president's call. I will say this, what I said earlier. I, I'm surprised that, you know, it took Rick Grinnell to get us information that was critically important that, that seemed to me the FBI director could have given us years ago. Uh, the FBI director has had Hunter Biden's laptop now for months and, and hasn't done, done squat with it. So, um, you know, but, but whether he stays or goes, that's the president's call. Uh,
1: Congressman, also want to ask you about the, the Durham probe which I was skeptical would be finished and or would matter before the election, based on just my knowledge of the federal bureaucracy, having been a federal bureaucrat myself. What happened with the Durham probe, Congressman?
3: Well, I mean, part of it was, um, you know, during, during the early days of the coronavirus lockdown, the grand jury wasn't meeting. So that did slow things down. But I am as frustrated as I think all Americans because, look, I've been I've been on this issue for three years. And, and three years ago, Buck, there was just a handful of us in the Congress who were looking at it. There were just a handful of you guys in the, in the press who were looking at it. And it was kind of a lonely place. And we took a lot of heat for it. But it turned out we were right um, that this was a this was a complete hoax. Um, and we were hopeful that Bill Barr would do uh, w- w- that. This would be done this summer. And remember, it was, Bill Barr told us in the spring that there would be something this summer And yet here we are in in the fall and still nothing now eight days before an election. But I think part of the reason it was slowed down was the coronavirus. In the end, people need to be held accountable because if they're not, if they can do this to a president, if they can do this to a three-star general, Michael Flynn, um, imagine what they can do to you and I. That's that's something I've said repeatedly, but that's the part that scares me the most. And that's the main reason why you need to hold people accountable who were engaged in this ridiculous behavior.
1: Speaking of Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio. Oh, Congressman, the battle for the House, people are saying is going to be well right now, at least the polls seem to be favoring Democrats. Uh, you seem confident in the other direction. I know that you can't see the future, but I want your analysis of what you think the future will be next week when it comes to who's going to be in control and whether we have to go through more time with Nancy Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi, speaker of the House. Tell, tell me it's not going to be so, Congressman. Yeah.
3: I hope not. And and look, the energy is on our side. Uh, as I said, you know, if you if you didn't see all these crazy polls out there and you were just looking at enthusiasm, energy stuff, you see with your own eyes, these parades, these these boat parades, everything else and all the energy at that president's rallies, you would swear President Trump's going to win in a landslide. So I think the president's going to win. Uh, as I said, I think there's a chance it, it, it could it could break big in our direction. If that's the case, then we're going to take back the House. And the other thing that helps us is we've got great candidates. You know, in the end, campaigns, it's still elections are largely about who the candidate is. And we have recruited particularly a lot of women conservative candidates who I think are tremendous. I, I, I raised a lot of money for the House Freedom Fund. And, and we have went out and recruited uh, conservative candidates like Yvette Harrell in New Mexico, uh, like Jeannie Ives in, in suburban uh, uh, Chicago, some, some good candidates. This Lauren Boebert, this the wonderful candidate in, in Colorado. So we got good candidates out there. Uh, Kevin McCarthy's done a good job of, of, of raising the money as well for our team. I think there's a chance if this thing breaks big for the president, which uh, I think is uh, could, in fact, happen.
1: Tell us, before we let you go, Congressman, your, your confidence that the great state of Ohio is going to go red once again. Absolutely critical. It feels like without Ohio, we don't get yeah, four more years to. of Trump.
3: It's going to. Yeah, I mean, look, I, it feels just like 16 in some ways better than 16. And in 2016, the president won Ohio by eight and a half. And, and I, I feel like the same dynamics in place uh, to, to happen this time. Um, I think he's going to win. And he deserves buck. No one has done. No one has done more of what they said they would do than this president. Remember, he said he said he would cut taxes. He did. He said he'd reduce regulations. He did. He said he'd build a wall. He did. He said we'd have a growing economy. We had the best economy before the virus, and now it's coming back. He said, he said he'd said get out of the Iran deal. He did. He said he put the embassy in Jerusalem. He did. He said he would take on China, and he did. He said he would put out a list of people he would select from to put on the Supreme Court, and he did. Justice, Justice Gorsuch, Justice Kavanaugh, and now today, Justice Coney Barrett. So this guy has done more of what he said he would do than any president in our lifetime. And I think in the end, the American people recognize that, and that's why they're going to realize it.
1: Congressman Jim Jordan, everybody, Congressman, thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah,
0: Take care, brother. Thanks for listening to the Best of Buck Daily podcast. For more Buck, head to bucksexton.com and remember to subscribe to the podcast.
1: The sixty minutes interview is out, friends. Watch the whole thing. Just because I wanted to, I wanted to give a nice reminder to myself as we go in to actually cast our ballots here nice reminder of just how fake the fake news really is i mean what a bunch of frauds they actually are that's what i want us all to know and it also raised some questions for me like what does it take to become a 60 minutes correspondent and you just got to be is it like biden you just got to be around forever and never want to give up power never want to stop hoarding the you know, productive positions and resources of society. You know, me, me, me until you get to be a hundred. Is that is that how it works? I just, I'm just wondering. Leslie Stahl, what does this person know about anything? You know, what, what exactly am I supposed to be impressed by here? She, it's, it's she has the presentation. She's kind of like a poor man's Barbara Walters. Is that it, or maybe Barbara Walters is a poor man's Leslie Stall? I don't know, but you know this uh, this sort of grand dame of the mainstream news or whatever. What is, you know, it says Katie Couric, but she was younger. I'm trying to think. There's a few others that are in this category, too. But Why does anyone listen to them? What do they do that makes someone think, oh, yeah, you know what I really care about? What the what the Leslie Stahl questions are in this one? Anyway, I'm (laughs) I'm not surprised at all. We see what happened. I think they put up the full interview now because Trump was threatening to put up the full interview and it's a good thing that he did, because what you see is that Leslie Stahl was it's just horrible. The whole thing was awful. Every question is some is, a, is an attack on the president. She doesn't ask him, you know, what have you done? That's positive about covid. And what would you do in the future? She says, how do you feel about the fact? I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. You know, I'm, I'm giving you a, a version here, an exaggeration or whatever. But it's it's some some type of uh why are you the worst ever at dealing with COVID? Please discuss. Right. It always starts from a position of negativity toward the president. He picks up on this. He's very he's very aware of it. And uh, here you go. Here's here's what President Trump says to her. Play two.
2: Yeah, I wish you would interview Joe Biden like you interview me. It would be so good. You know what? You the, like this, the,
3: I thought. I thought you I don't mind spa, it. I don't mind spa. it. But when
2: I watch him walk out of a store and he's walking with a ice cream and the question the media asks him, what kind of ice cream, what flavor <laughs> ice cream do you have? <laughs> and he's in the midst of a scandal. He's not. And he's taking, he's of course not. he is, no. Come on. Of course he is. It's the biggest, second biggest scandal. So, the biggest scandal was when they spied on my campaign. They spied on my campaign, well, There's Leslie. no e- real evidence of that. Of course there is. It's no. all over the place. Leslie, Sir, they spied on my campaign and they got I, caught. Can I say something? You know, this is 60 Minutes, and we can't put on things we can't but verify. You won't put it on because it's bad for Biden. We can't Look, put you, on things we can't verify. Leslie, they spied on my campaign. Well, we can't verify It's been totally that. verified. No. It's been, just go down and get the papers. They spied on my campaign, they got caught. No. And then they went much further than that, and they got caught. And you will see that, Leslie. And you know that, but you just don't want to put it on the air.
1: As a matter of fact, I don't know that. Okay. So what does she know? Has she been asleep for the last four years? What do we call the, the attorney general of the United States, sitting attorney general, said that there was spying on the campaign. The highest law enforcement officer in the United States. Yes, there was spying on the Trump campaign. Remember that the whole Bill Barr. Oh my gosh, he said spying, and he goes, "Yeah, it's called spying." That's what happened. Does she not know that? Oh, we can't verify. We can't put things on that we can't verify. This is a this is a new a new trick, a new tool in the fake news media uh, toolkit, where they just when they don't want to talk about something, they pretend that you can't really verify it. And, and this this really does go to what you'll have with uh, with the most extreme conspiracy theorists. Here's a really easy way for conspiracy theorists to argue everything. You know, I'll say, guys, come on, you know, the country wasn't founded by, uh, founded by you know, lizard people from the planet Zargon. Uh, the country was actually founded by the founding fathers, George Washington. They'll say, yeah, were you there? Do you, do you show me a photograph? Do you know? What proof do you have? And, and normal people understand that this is insane, but Democrats do a version of this now. Oh, well, we can't report on the Hunter Biden emails because we, we haven't we, we don't have the hard drive ourselves or we can't verify that it's not Russian disinformation. Um, well, then try your job is to verify things like what, what do you mean you can't verify this? But the, the Democrats did this as well. It's, it's deeply intellectually disingenuous but this is what they do. The Democrats did this. You remember with uh, under the Obama administration, when there were a lot of mass casualty terror attacks that would happen. Remember all those ISIS inspired attacks, San Bernardino massacre, the Pulse nightclub mass shooting, uh, mass murder. There were these big attacks that happened. And the people who did them in the case of uh, the Pulse nightclub it was that guy, Omar Mateen. He's on the phone. And he's like, I am doing this for ISIS. I'm doing this for jihad and for Allah. And then the Obama FBI, this should have been a big tip off, right? Oh, the FBI. Yeah, it was the Obama FBI. The Obama FBI redacted parts of the transcript for things like I pledge allegiance to redacted. Why? We, we, we all know what he's saying, you know, I'm doing this in support of my brothers and sisters in redacted. And we they would do this thing of we may never know the real motive. Remember that game? We may never know the real motive. Okay, well, we'll really, really extrapolate that one out, really go with that for a minute. Can you ever really know the real motive? Can you know the real motive if somebody confesses on video and says, I did this because of, you know, X, Y and Z? Maybe they're lying. Doesn't matter what proof you have. You can't get inside that person's head. You can never know the real motive. But notice they only do this when they don't want to talk about radical Islam and jihad because the Obama administration was running around bowing to the Islamic world, begging forgiveness for all of the bad stuff America has done. You remember that. So then it it didn't look good when they were coming, when, when they were inspired, I should say, within our own country to murder their fellow human beings in the name of a political entity known as ISIS that was a bunch of head chopping women raping evil murderers who all deserve to die in a pink mist courtesy of the United States military thank you very much for those men and women serving who were part of that effort so you can always play this game we may never know the real motive and Leslie Stahl 60 minutes correspondent we can't verify that well if you're going to say that there's such a thing as Russian disinformation that looks at Russian disinformation that plants the laptop gets to uh, you know, gets to Hunter Biden's private photos, Learn knows all of his contacts, puts all the email. I mean, yeah, you could always say, oh, it's a super deep fake. This is like people that talk about moon landing stuff, right? Oh, it's it's all a deep fake. Usually you laugh at them. The Democrats are now the actual conspiracy theorists, you see. When they have facts and evidence that goes against. Here's Leslie Stall. We can't verify. We can't verify your campaign was spied on. OK, other than. The mountains of evidence provided by congressional investigation, as well as by the attorney general of the United States, who also stated openly that, yes, there was spying. Can't verify that, though. She makes it sound like we're not going to air that on TV. She's a partisan lib imbecile. But she plays her part, you know, probably makes two, three million dollars a year to show up there. And, and is not a very good interviewer. Another part of this just not very good at this. That's one thing that I've always found so interesting. I mean, Brian Stelter, I'll never forget this guy. The one time he had me on on his show, he tried to come at me. This is when I was a CNN contributor years ago, Tried to come at me on some issue of terrorism uh, and and how I knew that something was radical Islam versus, you know, it, it was actually a version of we may never know the motive. Brian Stelter wanted to ambush me on his show about we may never know the motive. And it's like, okay, Brian, I actually have expertise in this area and got about 15 to 20 IQ points on you. So good luck with this one. And he looked very foolish in the interview. They never even told me. They just cut it out of the show. It was a pre-tape. They just cut it out of the. show. It was on a Friday. They cut it out for Sunday. But I also remember this guy. I've I had never seen anyone at that point who had his own show on cable news, with the exception of uh, Ronan Farrow, who looked like you know a lost kindergarten. They're like I've got my own show. I'm like MSNBC. Uh, I've never seen somebody with such uh, unbelievable lack of tv skills basic tv skills reading off a prompter interviewing asking questions who had their own show their own show on cable news it was remarkable right uh that was brian stelter there are others like that too who the moment they don't have a staff of i mean some of these cnn shows have 20 30 people working on the staff you know sending them research writing all their questions or whatever uh the moment that's gone all of a sudden you go is this person even very well informed is this person particularly bright the answer is no But they've played the game, they do what they're supposed to, and they rise anyway. It's all smoke and mirrors, friends. There's so much of this in the mainstream media, so much of this in the mainstream news divisions of of all these different networks. Basically, the elevation of uh, highly self-involved, narcissistic uh, Democrat dumbasses into positions where we're all supposed to go oh well they're the height of journalism yeah you mean like dan rather you mean like brian williams you mean like katie couric like leslie stall a- any of these people impressive to you i'm just a just a just a lowly syndicated radio host man and on a general test of knowledge of politics or anything else you know these people would get smoked right by yours truly and that wouldn't even be close it'd be embarrassing for them why exactly do we have to listen to them why does 60 Minutes get access to the president? Because of the, the pomp and circumstance around the storied 60 Minutes. It's all just for show, friends. It's not real. There's no real ethics, no real integrity. And you saw that with this Leslie Stahl thing. And they, they weren't going to air the whole thing, but they realized what position, what chance did they have here? Trump and all conservatives should do this. And it's, it's a note for me, too. I always want a copy if I'm ever going into hostile territory again, uh, I want a copy of the whole thing. Now, Bill Marshall, for example, that's live. So live is a little bit different. Live is live. Um, But if you're doing a taped interview, you absolutely have to tape it yourself as a conservative. Otherwise, you get the Daily Show treatment, but they do that to you on actual news shows. Right. The Daily Show got away with it because they were uh, a left wing propaganda show with jokes. But they'll do that to you on 60 Minutes. They'll cut it up and they'll do this to every Republican politician that did to the president himself, but he had a copy of it. So they had to show us the whole thing because otherwise their edited version versus the actual interview would show what a bunch of frauds they are. So they got caught. So they had to edit and and they could not air it, right? That would look even worse. So they put the whole thing out there and Leslie Stahl looks like a a crybaby left wing idiot, idiot, honestly. No different in her political sensibility, or awareness of the world around her or sense of fairness, then you know, we might as well have had uh you know, Deborah Messing or uh Suzanne what's her name? The one uh I can't even remember her name right. You know, the actress that's always out there to, all these idiot actresses that go out there that are lecturing us on politics all the time. Especially of that generation, you know. Jane Jane Fonda. You might as well have had Jane Fonda do this interview. It would have been the same interview with Trump. Well, why don't you stop? making people you know go to your rallies and make them why don't you make them wear masks well we're going to have mask mandate where you we're going to have people forcefully remove them from his rallies is that really what's supposed to happen friends the fake news media thinks that if biden wins it's all going to go back to normal they don't understand they have radicalized their opponents in the media they have radicalized the opposition i mean cnn the the only thing that can be done now is to nuke the site from orbit so to speak just to be sure there's there's no bringing these places back as they currently are configured. You need massive overhauls of leadership, of talent, of mission, all of it. These places are effectively enemy combatants on the ideological battlefield, and that's not going to change in a Biden administration, and we're not going to forget that.
0: This is the Best of Buck daily podcast. The top stories of the day from the Buck Sexton show. For more Buck, head to bucksexton.com and remember to subscribe to the podcast.
4: We're at a dangerous tipping point right now, we're entering what's going to be the steep slope of the curve, of the epidemic curve. We know what that looks like from the spring, we know what it looks like from the summer. These cases are going to continue to build. There's really no backstop here, I don't see forceful policy intervention happening anytime soon. Um, We have a moment of opportunity right now to take some forceful steps to try to abate the spread that's underway. But if we don't do that, if we miss this window, this is going to continue to accelerate, and it's going to be more difficult to get under control. Now, in, in a lot of parts of the country, it doesn't feel really, really bad right now because it's a little bad everywhere. Um, We don't have regions where it's extremely dense in any one region like we did when it was epidemic in New York or epidemic in the south. Outside of states like Wisconsin or Iowa, most states just have a lot of spread, but most states aren't at the point where they're extremely pressed right now. That's going to change over the next two to three weeks. I think things are going to look much more difficult. And so we need to take some steps right now. There is no public support for shutdowns uh, nationally like we did in the spring. That's not going to happen. So we need to reach for other measures.
1: Yeah. Gottlieb that's Scott Gottlieb there one of the worst after fauci. Well, what are we supposed to do? What are, okay so no lockdowns. you know what they do now? They demand all the uh, all the restrictions of a lockdown but they say well, we're not locking down you know or, or, or they give you you know four out of five of the things you'd need for a lockdown but then they because there's one thing you don't have mandatory stay-at-home orders for example, they say that's not a lockdown. no we're, we're still. Under lockdown, there are, you know, they open New York City for 25 percent dining. And I can tell you, I tried to find a place to eat. It's a joke. Restaurants aren't open. So so what is that? That's just a talking point. You see. Without restaurants being able to open, they can't actually be serving customers, meaning unless they're actually going to have people sitting in chairs, turning tables, doing what they need to do to make this a business. They're just not opening. But the people in charge are frauds. People like Cuomo and de Blasio and Gavin Newsom and Gretchen Whitmer and all these Democrats in Congress who are acting like they 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 demand the lockdowns. And then they blame Trump for the economic uh, fallout from the lockdowns that they demand and then pretend that they have an idea that's not lockdowns to make all this better. What is the Biden plan for covid? Anyone who says listen to the scientist should punch himself in the face. What does that even mean? We've been listening to scientists all along. Hasn't done anything, folks. Curve goes up, curve goes down, curve goes up, curve goes down. Oh, yeah. If we only had everybody just holding hands, no, actually not holding hands, that's bad, right? But, but if, you, if we had everybody in agreement, we'd all just wear the same dirty cloth mask that's porous and that air goes above and below the actual mask itself as well as gets blown through it. If we all just did that, it would all go away. Really? Yeah. How's that? uh, How's that Danish study that was that was with the actual scientific controls necessary to get a real answer? Oh, the study they buried the study they buried. Right. I wonder why. Yeah. How's all the other stuff that you could find on the CDC website about the helpfulness of mask wearing in influenza season? Or the likelihood of a mask protecting you if you walk into a room and you don't have immunity to measles. If you wear a cotton mask, you know how effective that's going to be for you? 99% Ninety nine percent ineffective. OK, that's what the actual studies say. But 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 the measles goes through the cloth and it stops it. Yeah, sure. Sure, it does. <sighs> but here we are. Gottlieb and others are now saying, oh, if only you listened to us more, everything would be better. OK, what do you want us to do? Not lockdowns. Just a lot of stuff that sounds like a lockdown. Shut down businesses, limit Non essential travel, whatever that means. Put curfews in place. The uh, mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, has actually come out and said that she wants a 10 p.m. curfew to apply to Chicagoans homes Play 20. How will non essential businesses
3: closing at 10 p.m.? How will that help get the numbers down? Well, this is all about mitigating the risk of gatherings and making sure that people wear their masks. So, we're trying to do a series of mitigation efforts um, to look at the places where we know that the risk is highest, for example, in bars, um, and mitigate against that risk. But the other thing that we're trying to also do, and it's difficult to break through, is people are getting comfortable in their homes. And are having social gatherings. Those are a huge source of the spread. So it's not just what you do outside of your home. It's also what you do inside your home and making sure uh, that you don't invite people in that are not part of your immediate family or otherwise essential to be there, like a home care worker um, or something along those lines. That's where we're really seeing the spread. The case investigations, the contract tracing is pointing to home social settings as the primary area of risk yeah. who can go to your
1: home now that's, that's the business of the state you know, who you socialize with as we know from the and restrictions how long you have family members over after two hours you gotta send everybody home is there any science for that we have reached a level of stupidity here that we really need to confront head on do you know how much it would, how much it would help the country how many billions of dollars we would save how many people would Uh, would live an extra 10 or 15 years if, uh, oh, if we just banned refined sugar? A lot. Oh, uh, by the way, anyone who knows anything about diet and obesity and what's happened in this country, uh, you would save thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. If you treated sugar like it was a, you know, schedule one controlled substance, right, you can't, sorry, no no more sugar added into anything. You'd save a lot of you'd stop type two diabetes. You'd stop obesity. not all of it, but a a huge piece of it. Why don't we do that? Because it's not the business of the state, because a lot of people can have sugar and they're fine. Most people have sugar and they're fine. So we don't restrict everybody else from being able to have a a food product. They want to restrict you from having a life. They want to restrict you. And it's not like for a week or two. That's how they got us. They, They let they made us concede our rights. For two weeks, okay, we will be reasonable. Two weeks, we can all do two weeks. Now it's eight months, right, with a little bit of ups and downs in terms of the severity of the restrictions during that period. Now it's, it's going on eight, nine months. And they're saying masks and social distancing for all of next year, too. That's the Democrat way. Do you think they'll ever admit that this was all completely ineffective and just made everybody miserable and ruined everybody's year and ruined everybody's businesses and did all these things, and they're just a bunch of morons who panicked, and didn't want to be blamed. So they just kept on adding more and more of these little petty restrictions on our lives. Do you think the people that think that telling folks to mask up in between bites of food are, are intelligent enough to understand that their policies are failing and that this means nothing and all they're doing is making everything work? Kind of like BLM made everything worse for everyone. These covid restrictions are just making everything worse. Oh, I'm sorry, it's. It's stopping the disease from spreading. Really, is it stopping the disease from spreading? We had 70,000, I'm sorry, 80,000 cases in one day over the weekend. Europe uh, has countries that have per capita even more. I think Spain right now is at 50,000 or maybe it's France, 50,000 cases a day. And those are those countries are much smaller than the U.S., you know, four or five times smaller in the case of um, of Spain. So what exactly are we doing here? What's being accomplished by all this? Oh, everyone's so scared. Everyone's so, they, they terrified everybody. They didn't admit they were wrong. And now they continue to use that fear to push bad ideas and bad solutions. And so Democrats can walk around like, oh, we would have handled this just great. Even Hillary Clinton, who. As secretary of state. Could not point to anything that she did. That was worthwhile other than fly a lot at taxpayer expense on a big fancy plane that she's good at. But here she is saying that, you know, she would have she would have made this whole thing no problem at all. I mean, the the Monday morning quarterbacking on covid that you're getting from people who don't even understand how to play football in this analogy is mind blowing. Here's Hillary. Play six.
2: And you noted that a lot of countries that did best in the pandemic were led by women, whether it was Jacinda Ardern, Angela Merkel. Do you think a woman president
3: in the United States would handle the pandemic better? I have no doubt, especially if it were me. (laughs) No, I mean, I was born for that. I mean, that's why I knew I'd be a good president. I was ready for crises and emergencies, and I would have done what you see these women leaders doing. You listen to the science. You bring in people in an open, inclusive way. You communicate constantly. You make the case by explaining why what you're doing is in the long-term interest, not only of health, but also of the economy. Yeah, I have no doubt in my mind at all that I would have stepped up to that crisis.
1: So women are better at dealing with COVID-19 as a crisis than men, is Hillary Clinton's line here? Oh, and she's a woman and Trump's not, so clearly she would have done better. (laughs) Friends, It's, uh, it's it's just crazy times right now. There's no, there's no accountability for these statements. When people say things like 200,000 Americans are dead because of Trump, no one ever stops them. The media says, okay, how many would it be dead with Hillary Clinton? Oh, zero. Does anybody believe that? 50,000, 100,000, 150,000. It's a virus, friends. It's a virus that spreads. We have not been able to stop it. And they will not tell you the truth about the ineffectiveness of the measures they've already instituted And how much this has led to an increase in all the things that we said all along, undiagnosed cancers, uh, people dying from uh, from diseases of despair. Now, the increases in alcoholism, you know, I'm just starting to see in The New York Times. They're adding they're adding some coverage now of how those of us who said, like me, back in August, schools are safe. Children should be able to go back to school. There is a completely acceptable level of risk, which is almost no risk to K through 12 children from COVID-19. The data 100% proves that. But do you think all the people that were like, oh my gosh, you're going to murder all the teachers and the teachers unions and we wear our masks and all this stuff. Do you think anyone said, wow, we were in hysterics for no reason, that was really absurd? No. No apologies. None. Do you think that they're sorry for the fact that now, especially low-income kids are falling even further behind. Remember, it's not even just in their test scores or anything like that. In their overall development, kids need to be around other kids. Kids need to be interacting in the world. We're we're locking kids up like they're prisoners and telling them to stare at a screen, which there's already way too much of that going on anyway. And I swear, if I have if I see one more parent out in a public place with their kids, with their iPad out, with no headphones on, I feel like there should be a law that I can just I can a commandeer a uh, fancy way of saying steal their iPad until they promise to get the kid headphones. I, I don't know when we decided we were going to be barbarians and kids are going to be allowed to blast their video games in a public place where there are other people who are trying to, you know, think about what their life is is up to right now. Uh, this is I know a little bit of a digression, but I swear I keep seeing this and I look at them. Do, do we just have no manners anymore as a society? You know, that's that's fine. Blast your iPad so that nobody can enjoy their meal or nobody can, you know, be on a train or a bus and have their own thoughts. They have to hear the video game that someone's, you know, seven year old is playing. But if you pull your mask down in between bites of, you know, uh, between bites of food and don't put it back on right away, you're a murderer. They're turning us against each other with stupidity. The statists, people who believe in government power above all else, they're enjoying this whole process. And they're destroying our society. They really are. They're, they're pulling us apart at the seams. And it's all to take down Trump. Their psychosis is such a large part of this. The reason for their anger and their fear is so much more a result of Trump, actually, than it is the virus. I know that's crazy. But these people, these anti-Trumpers are nuts. They are nuts. They have been brainwashed into a level of insanity that's hard to comprehend if you're not also insane with Trump derangement syndrome.